0: Welcome, you're listening to Bible teaching from Island Community Church in downtown Memphis, Tennessee. We hope today's message helps you grow in relationship with Jesus. You can access more gospel resources and ways to connect with our church at iccmemphis.com. Thank you for listening.
1: Well, good morning. Again, church family, um, I'm Barrett, lead pastor at ICC, and it is a joy to be able to go to God's Word together this morning. Uh, if you've got your Bible this morning, we're going to be in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29. Jeremiah, chapter 29. And as you're turning there this morning, uh, I've got two brief uh, but important church announcements. One is um, we, as a church family this week, um, Got a sweet gift into our church family. And that is our associate pastor of discipleship, Mitchell Morris, and his wife, Kirsten, had a baby. And if you haven't heard already, yeah, you can clap, that's okay. Um, if you haven't heard already, this is baby James Bradley Morris. And he was born on Tuesday, seven pounds, 12 ounces, yeah, 21 inches long. Um, and he is just the cutest. Uh, We are so in love with him, obviously. Mitchell and Kirsten both, obviously, so, so in love with him. Um, He has been a joy ever since his arrival and they just wanted to share the news with you um, and also to say thanks for all the love and all the prayers and all the support. There is a meal chain that we are gonna be uh, spreading around Tuesday in the church email. If you get those, you should be able to see a link to that. So if you wanna help by providing a meal, Um, because of his uh, pastoral leadership here, just want to rally around him well as a church family. Um, and they just said they can't wait to bring him here soon. But anyway, be in prayer for the Morrises. We're super excited about baby James. Our baby's the cutest. I'm just like, I could just sit, we went to the hospital Wednesday and I was like, I could just sit and hold him. It's like, you're, you're, you're like doing something, but you're doing nothing. It's just the greatest feeling. Anyway, we love you, James. Um, The other thing I wanted to make known is um, for several months now, um, our elder team and our staff team have been working on plans for this fall. And we have not discussed it yet as a church family. And so I know that there have probably been some questions around, what are we going to be doing this fall? Typically here at ICC, if you're new, we typically take on a book of the Bible. And study that book together um, in the fall season sometimes fall into spring season sometimes fall into spring into another fall season um, but the question then has been on the table what is God uh, leading how is he leading us as a church family for this season and I just want to say because we're today at the four week out mark that in four weeks um, starting the 10th of September we are going to be beginning a journey together this fall through the study as a study of the book of lamentations and we're going to be in a series called brokenness and hope and i am really thankful for the ways that god has put um, this book on our heart for such a time as this in our lives and our church family in our city and in our world and i really believe that god has something special for us as a church family that we have not experienced before for the season ahead And so I'd encourage you to mark your calendar, again, that starting the week after Labor Day will be in this journey um, for the months of September, October, and November. And I would encourage you also, if you've not read the book of Lamentations, to consider reading it. It's a short book, but it's a book that I would encourage you uh, to, to spend some time in leading up to the series. And if you're not yet in a community group, I would ask and invite you to really think about joining into a smaller group of Christians uh, from our church family. We've got groups that meet on Mud Island and in Midtown, here at the church building on Tuesday nights if you're students, a- around the city, various parts, various days, various times. We would love to help you either form a group if you're a member or find a group if you're new. And um, We would love for you in the upcoming season to anticipate many of our groups will be journeying with us through the book of Lamentations. Your group may not do this, but many of our groups will, but it is a great time to find community. So anyway, eagerly anticipate this season together. We are in right now, Engage August, and if you don't know this already, August is a time for us as a church family to talk about some things that are kind of foundational Um, in our church life, and we believe foundational in your life as you trust and follow Jesus into the new season. For the last few weeks, uh, we've been looking together this month at a call to different things. And we started out by talking about a call to discipleship. Last week, I taught a lesson on a call to surrender, engaging God uniquely in this season. And today, uh, we're going to continue our journey in this month's um, focus by looking at a call to the city and specifically a call to engage redemptively here in the city of memphis and it is my sincere heart this morning to invite you to give god your heart this morning and specifically your heart as it relates to being here Here in the 901, here in the grit and grind bluff city, here in this unique geographical place that God has you right now in this season. This morning I'm going to invite you to give God your heart toward this this city. I would ask as we start this morning, what is your attitude? toward Memphis? Be honest. <laughs> Would you take a second to reflect on If you're taking notes this morning, maybe you can even write it down. What is your honest attitude toward Memphis right now? For some of y'all, it's not even a word. It's more like a, uh, all right. What, what's your attitude toward this place? Some of y'all grew up here. Some of y'all have moved here. Some of y'all have made this your permanent home. Some of y'all can't wait to get out of here. But right now, in this place, where's your heart toward this city? Second question I want to ask you, again, these are reflective questions. I'm wanting and inviting you to bring your heart To God this morning as it relates to this city. And it starts by considering where your heart is right now. The second question is, why are you here? Really? Why are you here? Now, for some of y'all, you're going surface, and that's okay. You can say, job, husband, wife, school. This is my hometown, I mean, you could, you could name those things. But I'm inviting you also to consider something a little bit deeper. Here it is. What do you mean to the city of Memphis? What is it that your life means to this city? Why has God brought you here? The third question I'll ask you to reflect on may clarify the second question, and here it is. Could God have a purpose for this city of Memphis by planting you here in this season? Is there something that God is wanting to do here in this city? And part of what he's wanting to do involved him bringing you here for this season. This morning, we're going to be talking about a call to Memphis, all right? A call to this city. And we're going to be talking about what it looks like, God's heart for you while you're here to engage redemptively here in the 901. Now I want to go and tell you every single summer, our elder team prays through what a whole series of things related to our vision and our strategy for the season ahead. As we were listening to the Lord over the last months, we were asking the Lord, what is it God that you would have us to lean into and lead into for this next season? God put something very clear upon our hearts, and I don't come to you this morning trying to sell this to you by any means. It's not a campaign. This is what God has spoken to us as your shepherds for something for us to pray about, something for us to shepherd into for the season ahead, and it's unlike anything that God's put on our heart before. <laughs> we in terms of its simplicity, but also just the clarity of focus that we have. And here it is. God spoke to us, lead lead the people of ICC in this way to foster a merciful and missional presence here in this city, in this season. And do it one neighbor at a time. for us to really, as a church family, just go, God, would you help us to be here, like fully here? And Lord, would you help us to be here in merciful and missional ways? And God, would you help us to do it one neighbor at a time? That is gonna be a big priority for us in the season ahead. And this morning, the message that God has put on my heart is toward this vision. Uh, Last week, In the sermon, I put up a map of where many of our uh, members have come from or moved to. And you can see a lot of folks are not from here and a lot of folks will not stay here. And I asked for a show of hands last week who that was and it was probably 70% of the room are going, I'm not from here and I don't know that I'm going to stay here. But the reality is we are here. We are here. And as much as you might have an attitude of like, I don't know that I want to be here forever. That might be in your heart. That's okay. The reality is for this season, right here, right now, here you are. And this morning, I want to invite you to allow God into your heart and specifically your heart related to this place that he's called you. So the title of today's message if you're taking notes, is a call to the city engaging redemptively in Memphis. And what I wanna answer this morning is, I asked you earlier, what is your attitude? But now I wanna encourage you to embrace an attitude that God wants you to have. What should be your attitude toward Memphis? This place that you call home. And I asked you earlier, why are you here? And could it be that God has you here for some, something specific for this city? I want to answer the question from God's word. What is your calling to be engaged in the city? So Jeremiah chapter 29, I know you're already there. We're going to start in verse 4. And we will read through verse 15. This is God speaking to his people, Israel, as they were camped out in a place they did not really want to be they were in exile taken as captives into a completely different land belonging to a people who did not love the lord they were in a place they did not want to be and god through the prophet comes and speaks to them thus says the lord of hosts the god of israel to all the exiles who I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, do not let your prophets and diviners who are among you deceive you And do not listen to the dreams that they dream, for it is a lie that they are prophesying to you in my name. I did not send them, declares the Lord. For thus says the Lord, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you and I will fulfill to you my promise and I will bring you back to this place. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord plans for welfare and not for evil to give you a future and a hope then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear you you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart I will be found by you declares the Lord And I will restore your fortunes, and I will gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I have sent you into exile. This is God's word, and today we're going to talk about a call to the city and what it looks like to engage redemptively in Memphis. I asked you earlier uh, what attitude you had toward Memphis, and I want to basically walk through three potential attitudes toward this city that any of us could have. Probably at some point, you guys, you've had one or two or maybe all three of these. Different seasons, you may have had a different one, Um, but I can tell you personally, I've been here, every single one of them. Yesterday afternoon, I'll tell you a story in just a second. Yesterday afternoon, had one of these in a big way, driving down 240. Bunch of guys, drag racing, cars on the interstate, hanging out the side of their cars with guns. Not cool with me. Doesn't make me especially like driving on 240. So I'll go ahead and confess to you, attitude one, that was mine from yesterday, disdain. Potential attitude toward Memphis, one of them is just at times, or maybe all the time, to have a sense of disdain for the city. Here's what I mean by disdain. Where you just deeply dislike it. Where you even resent it. Where you come to a place where you're like, oh, heavenly day, I cannot wait to get out of here. Has anybody ever felt disdain toward the city of Memphis at one time or maybe all the time? I will give you a few more moments to be honest. I mean, it's just a thing. And it's, and it's not just picking on Memphis. I'm sure you, it, it could be wherever you live, but here's what I know in this last season, Memphis, is, Memphis has been struggling. There's a Daily Memphian article that was put out uh, several months back around some of the problems that are, we're facing as a community, as a city. More than 60% had admitted to having a table conversation within the last months asking the question of whether or not we should stay if that statistic holds true here in the church I'm looking you in your eyes and that's why I said all right I give you a second to be honest because there's probably a lot of us that at times or maybe all the time have thought man I'm really struggling I'm struggling with this place I had uh, lunch this past week with a guy who'd been living overseas for the last several years. And he, I was asking how the transition's been to Memphis and he said, well, lost more power here in the last two months than I did years overseas. <laughs> whether it's MLGW, whether it's some of the brokenness of systems, in times failures it seems in leadership, at times the personal cost to rising crime At times, injustice that we have faced as a community, in particular pockets of our city have faced, the hands of police who should be there to protect have actually hurt and even killed. There is a brokenness to this city. There's a frustration that if we're not careful, we could feel but kind of dwell in where we genuinely in our hearts hate the very place where God has planted us and called us there's another attitude that could be possible in your hearts in a city in this city and that's the attitude of romanticization and by this what I'm talking about here is almost like a selfish cherry picking of the city so here's here's kind of how it goes where you, you, you come into Memphis, and you're not thinking at all about what God might have you to be here for. You are going, what can Memphis offer to me? And rather than living in the city and embracing the city for what it is as a whole, you very selfishly come in and go, I ain't here for the whole of Memphis, I'm here for me. this is about my job and this is about my school and this is about my family so what i'll do is i will kind of cluster myself into the pockets of the city that i think are really great and i will push off every aspect and every part of the city that i think is terrible so i love overton square it's so cute i just feel so great there Babalu, they have great tacos family comes in and you're like we ain't going down there but we're We're going to go to Central because they got the best sauce in the world. Can I get a witness? Mild sauce at Central. I could drink it. All right. I go to Central to have a little barbecue with my sauce. So good. Um, You cherry pick out of the city. You know, I like this neighborhood or I like this community. And, And you basically are just kind of honeymooning with the city. You're taking from it the things you love and you're basically just focusing on those things and you're ignoring all the rest. All of us at times have done that to Memphis, where you've made it more about what you're trying to take from the city rather than what God might be calling you to give to the city. Selfishly isolating yourself into the pockets that feel comfortable and great for you while ignoring the parts that feel broken and hard for you. That's the second attitude. And I bet many of us have had it. The third one is another one that I bet many of us have had, sometimes or perhaps even all the time, and it's one of indifference. It's one of going, you know what, like, I'm here. But I don't really, I'm not going to say I love it. But I'm also not going to like hate on it. I just, I'm just not that invested here. You know, like this is not my hometown and Memphis has got its thing. And you kind of like distance yourself from the city. So you're like here, you're fine with being here, but it's like, you know, the kind of crazy uncle in your family that like you show up at family reunion and he's just there and you're like, you know, he's not my problem. He's just who he is, and so he, there he is, you know, and we, we get along, but like, I also am really glad to like, in just a few hours or just a few days, he's going home and so am I, you know what I'm saying? Not my deal. So it's like, we kind of feel that way about Memphis. Some of us, where it's just a little bit of indifference. Like it is what it is, and, it, and I'm not gonna to try to change it. It's not that I hate it, it's not that I love it. It's just, this is not my city. And so therefore, there's no ownership. There's no sense of ownership of the city. So disdain, romanticization, or indifference. Anybody here like to admit that you've had any of these feelings or attitudes at any point while you've been here? Yeah. Sometimes all three at once, right? Now what I want to invite you to consider this morning with me is how God might be wanting to help to reshape our hearts as it relates to this place that he's called us in Memphis. And I'll be the first to tell you in the last months I've been struggling personally. Some of the things that have happened in our neighborhood, Some of the ways that I feel frustration, some of the ways that I wonder how can it change? Some of the ways that it's affected our church family, some of you. It's hard. It's hard not to let our flesh and our selfishness and our fears, our anger, our sense of hopelessness kind of take over we here's what I'm in, here's what I'm inviting you to do. we have to keep our hearts surrendered before the Lord so that it's his heart that shapes our heart for this place that we call home we have to guard against our own fleshly tendency to make it about us we have to continue to say God would you help us to make it about you So I give you my heart. So what is God's heart for you, for this city? Number one, three attitudes I want you to embrace, and they're all very simple, and I'm not going to be spending a lot of time on them because they're all so simple and straightforward. Number one, the first attitude, gospel attitude, that he would want you to embrace is this, to live invested here. To live invested here. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 4 and 5, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles that have sent from Jerusalem into exile to Babylon build houses he says live in them plant gardens eat their produce he says, take wives have sons and daughters take your wives and sons give them in marriage multiply here do not decrease what God is saying is Rather than hating this city, rather than having disdain in this city, do you see that it is God who has sent you to this place? This is a place that he has planted you. Now in verse 1, it describes how Nebuchadnezzar was the one who led them to Babylon. But then here it says, don't you see that I have led you to Babylon? Some of us, we get swept up into thinking. It's, our, it's the social forces around us that have us here. It's because my family, you know, I was birthed here. It's because I got into school here. It's because this is where my job is. And we, we do all this thinking around, well, I'm here because of. But what God would have you to see, similar to what we talked about last week, is you are here because he has you here. Because he has you here, there's a call in your life in being here. Well, you might not be here forever with the folks in Babylon. They're going to get out of there, he promised in 70 years. It wasn't a forever thing. For some of y'all, you might excuse your lack of investment because you don't think you're going to be here forever. But God says, but as long as you're here, as long as you are here, I want you to be here, like fully here. I want you to give your presence here. I want you to make a home here. I don't want you to treat Memphis like a tourist. I want you to treat Memphis like a neighbor. I want you to embrace that this is your city. This is your home. Where are you from? Some people ask, anybody ever get asked that question? Where are you from? How many of us say Memphis? I bet the ones who are not originally from here may struggle to name Memphis as the answer to the question, where are you from? And I know it's because a lot of us are from other places and it's an understandable answer. But here's what I'm asking you to embrace. Is it possible that while you're here, you could yield God your heart to the degree that you could actually take ownership Of this city as your own city. Not just being their city or some city. But this being my city. These are our schools. These are our courts. These are our leaders. These are our streets. These are our concerns. This is our home. God this is a place you have called me to invest. So God. Would you help me to be present here. Would you help me to live invested here? Would you help me to put this down here? Would you help me to allow my heart to embrace that this is a place you have for me? Live invested. Number two, to live missionally here. To live missionally here. If you look at the scripture, Jeremiah 29, starting in verse 10, thus says the Lord... When 70 years are completed, I'm going to visit you and I'll fulfill my promise to you. And I'm going to bring you back to this place for, you know, the plans I have for you to give you a future and a hope. Now, he says this in direct response to him saying to the people in just the verse earlier. Do not let your prophets and diviners who are among you deceive you and don't listen to the dreams that they dream for it is a lie that they're prophesying to you in my name. I did not send them, declares the Lord. So here's what's going on. The people of Israel were facing two sets of voices and they had to figure out who they're going to listen to. They got some folks coming to them and going, y'all, y'all, it's not like God said. And basically telling them all kinds of things to lead them away from the Lord. And God's coming to them and saying to them, hey, don't listen to that. Those are, those are voices of this culture, but you've got to stay focused on me. Listen to my voice. I've got to tell you what I have told you is true. My promise will be fulfilled. The reality is, for all of us, here in Memphis, it comes down to a choice whose voice you're going to listen to while you're here. There are cultural forces at play all around us, and you've got to decide, are you going to let your mind and are you going to let your heart be more shaped by culture while you're here? or more shaped by God and his word while you're here. And you have to make that choice. From everything from your identity, some of y'all who are in school, I know that I know that I know while you're here in Memphis, you're going to get told your career is everything. You need to do this. You need to study this way. At the end of school, you need to mark out this path. You need to make this amount of money. You need to pursue this next degree program. And I'm not trying to say any of those things in and of themselves wrong, but you've got to be careful not to let the cultural forces that are surrounding you in this season here in Memphis shape your mind and your heart more than God and his word. Everything from identity to money to jobs to the way that you look and the way that you dress, to what you watch, to how you engage sexually, to your comfort, everything from racism to classism to how you view politics. There are choices that you have to make. Will you allow your mind and your heart to be shaped more culturally or more biblically? And one of the things that God is saying to his people, Israel, is, hey, y'all, while you're where you are in Babylon, be careful that you're not allowing voices into your mind and heart that are leading you away from me. Here is what I am saying to you. In other words, he's saying, make sure that while you're in Babylon, you're maintaining your allegiance and your loyalty and your distinctiveness with me. This is God's heart for us here in Memphis. Um, scripture speaks to us about these things. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 to 11, reminds us we are chosen people and a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that we might declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once we were not a people, but now we are a people, the people of God. Once we had not received mercy, but now we have received mercy. And he urges us, therefore, as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires, which wage war against your soul. In other words, he's going, make sure that while you're here, you remember that ultimately your allegiance is to me. You are my people make sure that you see that there are forces that wage against your soul. So keep yourself wholly devoted to me while you're here. Similar to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 that speaks to us of ambassadorship. For God says to us, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. For we know God is making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. We are here partly because God wants us here to bear witness to Christ. Yes, I'm so glad you have a job here. Or yes, I'm so glad you've got family here. Or yes, I'm so glad you grew up here. Or yes, I'm so glad you're in school here. But part of why God has you here is not just to be here to wait it out, or to just be here for those surface things. Part of why God has you here is to be a witness for him here, to help bring the aroma of Christ into this place that he's called you. And that takes living distinctively. It takes choosing to have a mind and a heart that's shaped by the gospel and his word more than it is just enjoyment of culture. Third and finally, Our call is to live mercifully here. To live mercifully here. In Jeremiah 29, verse 7, it says, But seek the welfare of the city that I've sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. What he's saying is, Part of why you're here, Israel, is to bring my shalom here. Part of why you're here is to to pray for the city and to live in it and to grow here and to serve it for its good. Don't you see? How else will Babylon know me other than my people bearing witness to me? Don't you see part of why I have you here is not just to wait it out, but to actually bear witness here. And part of bearing witness is to do good here. To actually see the places around you that are broken and to bring my restoration. Look around you. you. Do you see in the city, are there are there areas of fear? If so, bring my peace. Are there areas of need? If so, bring my provision. Are there areas of loneliness? If so, make known my companionship. Are there areas of sickness? Watch you usher in my healing. Seek the welfare of the city through prayer, but also in practical acts of bringing help and bringing hope. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 12 says, Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day that he visits. It's in Luke chapter 10 where Jesus tells the parable of the good Samaritan. And he helps us to see that the good neighbor is the one who shows mercy. I wonder in this season... How are you living mercifully here? How are you not just taking from the city, but what is your contribution to the city? One of the things that's helped me greatly over the last months, I met with an older gentleman several months ago, and the question the statement that he made to me was quite good. He was asking me, he wasn't from Memphis and he was meeting with me to mentor me in some things and he was asking me, he said, how is it here? I see on the news, it seems like Memphis is going through a really hard time. People have been talking about it, where I'm from. And it was a pretty bad week for him to ask me that question because some stuff had just happened at Tugs that week and in our neighborhood and I just sat there and I'm sure big tears welled up my eyes and I said, it's really hard here right now. I said, I've been here 12 years and it is just hard. He looked at me. He said, I bet it is. He said, but I want you to know something, son. He said, this sounds like a really good place for a Christian to be. I looked at him and I was like, dang it. <laughs> I wish i had said that. Oh. Because he was asking me to reframe. He was asking me to, to realize that, man, like, I've got a choice to make. I could either look at all the brokenness and go, oh, this is this is a hellhole. This is terrible. When is it gonna end? And you could look at it and point the fingers, you know. Where's the police chief? Where's the mayor? Where's the DA? Where's the superintendent? Oh, wait, they haven't found one in two years running Where is the MLGW CEO? I mean you could you could point the fingers you could talk You can gossip you can sit around late at night and complain you can count the days till you're out of here, but guess what? Is is it not in a broken place that the healing of Jesus is so desperately needed? Is it not in the midst of chaos that the peace of Jesus is so desperately needed? Is it not in a place where foster care numbers, the need for children to be adopted is higher than probably any other metro area at this time. Is it not there that families are needed to say, I'll take you in because God's taken me in. Is it not in a city where there's so much homelessness, where there's a people needed who will do more than just drive by or judge, who will stop and hear the story and try to connect people as best we can to resources that they need to find hope and a new season of life? Is it not in a city where so many youth? don't have much to do in the afternoons or don't have parents who are invested, is it not in a city that maybe the gospel of Jesus could shine brightly by you saying, I can't mentor them all, but I can mentor one. And using an afternoon a week to just love them and invest in them. Be a big brother, a big sister to care for them. Is it not in a city where there's so much need for advocacy, raising a voice for the voiceless pursuit of justice? Is it not in a city like Memphis that maybe the gospel could shine the brightest? That maybe you have an opportunity to make an impact? It takes, though, a reframing, doesn't it? Because the people were sitting, the people of Israel, sitting on the side of the river going, hmm. Huh. Can't believe he sent us here. How how much longer is it gonna be for crying out loud? This place stinks. And God's looking at him going, okay, let's uncross our arms. Let's stop the criticism and complaints. And how about you do this? You, you take those crossed arms and you and you hold them out before me and you say, God, rather than pointing the finger in judgment, God, I'm gonna let it, I'm gonna let you have my prayer. God, would you bless this place? Would you bring peace to this place? Would you help this place? And would you let the change start with me? God, would you, would you lead me to be one who lives missionally here and lives mercifully here? And I'll not just be a taker from this season, but I see that you've brought me into this place and you've brought me here for more than just what's in it for me. God, what could you have me here for them? For this place? What does it look like, God, for me to be invested for me to be missional, for me to extend your mercy here. I close, I, I close the message. I, this is it, okay? Hit, hit. I, I don't have a lot of grand things to say. I just, I just want to ask you, what is your attitude toward Memphis? And does it align with the things that God wants? Here's what I, here's what I want to invite you to do, okay? It's in our I have a feeling that all of us in a certain way this morning have had attitudes in our hearts that have not been the ones God wants. Disdain, romanticization, indifference. I'm asking you this morning, would you confess that? Specifically, would you confess that and would you surrender it? Would you say, God, I'm sorry, that's where I've been. This is where I've been, honestly, that's where I've been, but God, I'm sorry. And as you release it, Would you let God to plant new attitudes in your heart? Would you allow God to to work in your heart such that you go, God, I'm open to you. I I want to be, I want to answer the question, where are you from? I want to say Memphis. I don't want to distance myself. I want to call this home. I want to be invested here. And God, I, I, I want to bear witness to you here through my words and through my actions. I want to see this place as a place that you've called me that I might bring more people to know you. And God, I know that's going to take you controlling my mind and you controlling my heart and you controlling the rhythms of my life. So God, I'm here to trust you and to surrender to you. As long as you have me here, God, I will be invested and I will live mercifully and missionally here. Why are you here? What purpose? Each of you are unique. And I just, this morning, I look around the room and I look at your faces. I know all your stories and I go, for such a time as this, just like Queen Esther in the Old Testament, she knew she was in a particular place, in a particular moment, a particular time, and she stepped forward with trust and surrender to say yes to the very th- assignment that God had for her. For such a time as this, you are here in Memphis. And I wonder, last week we talked about what God wanting to do in you, but this week I'm asking you, what does God want to do through you here? How will Memphis be different because you are here? How will people here know more of God? because you're here. There's a unique assignment for you. I really believe that. Some of y'all are living it out already, and I just want to tell you, we love you. We're here this season to support you, to encourage you, to help you, to continue to live out mercifully and missionally in this city. That is our commitment to you as your shepherds. But some of y'all haven't found it yet. And this morning, God might want to reveal it.
0: Thanks again for listening to this Bible teaching from Island Community Church. We want to encourage you to join us for worship in person soon. No podcast can replace God's good design of gathering with other believers in a local church. For more gospel resources and ways to connect with our church, visit us at iccmemphis.com. We offer a prayer of blessing for you from Romans fifteen thirteen.